Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And just a reminder, our home base is wedontdie.com, where you can always find past episodes, everything that's coming up on the calendar, including courses, and we've got our free Sunday gathering really inspiring and powerful service with medium demonstration included. Yes, I said free. And that's all at wedontdie.com. So let me tell you about our guest today. We have the fabulous Liz Peterson, who is an advanced intuitive energy healer, Reiki master, spiritualist coach, and the author of the book, Mom Died Last Night my shared death experience, which is a memoir on death, grief, and afterlife communication. She's also the host of the podcast called Raise the Vibe with Liz, with the mission to heal the world one guest at a time. Liz continues to be a dedicated student of healing and metaphysical topics, and her mission is to share to serve others and support them in their paths of growth and self-discovery. She's definitely our kind of gal. You can find out more about her on her website, raisethevibewithliz.com. Liz, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Hi, Sandra. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm just as excited as you are. So my new friend, you know, welcome to our community. We've got oh, lots of listeners and viewers all around the world. Tell us about you. First of all, where on planet Earth are you right now? So I live on a little island in the middle of Puget Sound in Washington State, just west of Seattle. I'm an intuitive healer here on island and also do work off island and remotely. I have four beautiful boys slash young men. <laughs> and yeah, really enjoy getting out in nature and love the work that I do. Beautiful. My aunt and I did a tour of Puget Sound and Orcas Island and we went ferry hopping and I haven't thought of that place in a long time. So it's a really nice to envision you there. So tell us about your story. Were you a girl that believed in the afterlife? We know you've got the book and we know mom has passed. And I also saw you had a special thing in your book. Was that your grandmother that you mentioned? Yes. Yes, I do. Constance. Constance Ann. Oh, oh, that is my mother. That is your mom. Okay. Yes. She passed about a year and nine months ago. And that started my journey with communicating with her in a new way. Since she wasn't in the physical, I now got to communicate with her in the afterlife. And we had had conversations, you know, throughout the years about my intuitive abilities and my psychic gifts. And I told her, you know, mom, when you do pass over, because later in life, we start talking about those things and when it's going to happen and what that's going to look like. I told her, you know, reach out to me that I would know if she sent me a sign that, you know, she was safe and at peace over on the other side. Well, and she certainly has. Before we get into that, sorry, I thought it was your grandmother. I just saw the beautiful picture and I assumed, which I shouldn't do. Did you grow up believing this? Was mom into spiritual beliefs? Tell us a little bit about your background. 
No, I would say I was the black sheep of the family. So mom didn't believe in it. You know, we grew up a normal household on the eastern shore of Maryland. And I just had sight. I had very vivid dreams. I saw spirit when I was little. I knew when the energy was off in a room or a person wasn't okay or they were okay. And, you know, I started having boundaries then with people and kind of keeping myself safe and under mom's skirt, so to speak, because I was super sensitive child. So I did lean on her a little bit, but she wasn't sensitive to that. I heard the normal things that parents say to kids like, oh, it was just a dream or that's just your imagination or something like that. So I did end up turning it off for a while in my teen years, but not all the way, you know, even though I couldn't visually see things in the room like I had as a child, I tell a story about um, waking up in the middle of the night and my sister and I had twin beds, you know, and a window in between and I wake up in the middle of the night and there's a white woman sitting next to her head near the pillow staring out the window with the moonlight shining on her and she just turns to me and puts her finger up to her lips and says shh and goes back to looking out the window um we did have things happen you know we i grew up in a very active town in cambridge maryland it's one of the has one of the most haunted streets in maryland you know there on the eastern shore so we would have occasional things happen in our house um, so that was really interesting. And I did see, you know, darkness as well as light, you know, and so I wanted to turn that off. The darkness really scared me when I started getting to be a tweener. And um, but I could still sense things. So through my teens, you know, I would know things and my friends would say, how do you know that? And, you know, continue to develop. I really didn't get into my spiritual work until after a car accident when I was 21 and was trying to find myself. And then I found my path through massage school and polarity therapy, shamanism, and then a four-year program in my late 20s, early 30s. Goodness. All right. So then take us up to present day and tell us about mom and yeah, tell us some stories. And sending love to mom because I know she's right there by your side. Sending love to mom. She's always near. I had a fun thing happen just the other day on um, Halloween where I'm driving home from work where I do readings over in Tacoma and I just felt her presence there. So I'm sitting in the ferry line, just have a little moment with my mom, you know, and light a candle for myself and get my to-go dinner out and have a little supper with mom as they like to call it a dumb supper. So it's fun to have those little moments. So about a year and nine months ago, mom passed away and I'm sitting in the parking lot, you know, not knowing, you know, what to do. I talk about this in my book where I was just in shock and stunned and it's in the middle of the night and the ferry system's not running and what do I do? And straight away, my sister, who's eight hours ahead, texts me when she never texts me at night. So I really feel like my mom sort of impressed upon her to reach out. You know, she didn't know at the time that mom had passed away. She did know that she was in the hospital. Um, So it started there. And then on the drive to the ferry, I start seeing mental pictures of my mom and she's presenting herself a little bit younger, you know, not 85 years old, but with longer hair. And our loved ones can impress upon us if we're visual mental pictures of them. You know, I also got a picture as I'm pulling up to a stoplight nearing the ferry where I'm seeing a glass blown ornament that she had talked about just a month prior that she had seen on Facebook. 
you know, where we take our loved ones ashes and turn them into memorial ornaments. And it continued on the next day I wake up and um, I'm sitting on the couch and the sunlight is shining in on sun drenched door in front of me. And I see a hummingbird, a hummingbird shadow and hummingbirds were my mom's favorite. So I talk about in the book. And I knew in that moment when I saw that hummingbird shadow that she was okay. She was sending me messages from the other side to let me know that she was all right. And she was at peace. And, you know, she reached out from the other side, like I told her that she could. Tell us a little bit about your mom. So she wasn't a big believer in this, but she loved you. Did she live near near you? Or was she in Maryland? She wasn't a big believer. She she and I actually drove out to Washington from Maryland in a big truck with her Bichon Freeze and my newborn infant of three months driving across country. It was a fabulous trip. Um, and we landed in Washington State to be closer to my sister, who's one of my older sisters, who's nine years older than me. Mom had been a nurse for some time, then a stay-at-home mom. And she opened up a dance studio when when I was a teenager in my early teens, probably just before when I was around 12 years old and she loved it. She had been a dancer when she was younger and danced in New York for a while, you know, before settling down and getting married. And um, she lived just south of me about 10 minutes down the road as I was raising my kids. And she was always around, very spontaneous. One of our favorite things to do, I would give her a call and say, hey, I have nothing to do. Do you want to take the kids to the park or the lake? Or do you want to run to Silverdale, which is over on the peninsula, you know, here in Washington state and just go shopping or run to the store. And she was my go-to person. I loved her. She was like a best friend, not only a mother, but a best friend to me too. And, um, it was really hard, you know, losing her, you know, and going from that physical presence in my life to her in the spirit realm. So I do think about her. I miss those moments where I would call her up and we would be spontaneous. And, you know, I wouldn't have anything to do with the kids that day as I was going through my child rearing phase or she didn't have anything to do as she worked for a doll hospital in the end and made beautiful clothes, you know, for the antique dolls for a woman for a doll hospital. Yeah. Sending you just a giant hug because it hasn't been that long. And even though we can get signs and communications and all that, I am blessed. I still have my mom. She's here with me. Doesn't quite believe in this stuff either, but she loves me and she listens, right? <laughs> and I always say you don't push on people, but it's nice to be able to share with that. But I think, you know, the relationship we have, some Sometimes you feel a little closer to one parent than the other, but, you know, mom is like my anchor to life. And I, I, you know, someday it'll happen. We'll talk, cross that bridge, but just from one person to another, Liz, I just, you know, we can believe we can be strong, but the more you love, the more it hurts. No, oh, it's so true. Just the other day, Sandra, I was having a day where I'm like, wow, I actually feel normal. Maybe I'm not, you know, grieving anymore. Maybe I've left that stage as if there's a stage, <laughs> right? And then the next day I wake up from having a beautiful dream visitation with my mother and she was so vivid in my dream and so beautiful. And I told her how much I missed her and, you know, dipped into the grief, you know, that day and shed tears as we do when we lose a loved one. And we have those moments where we're reminded or, 
you know, we have that dream or we have an, an anniversary or a birthday or, you know, something like that pop up and we do step back into it. I will say that um, I was not prepared for what it would be like to lose my mother. I had experienced loss before, but the loss of my mother was really deep and has been deep this whole time. I, you know, I was texting my sisters, telling them that I had this dream and how I was feeling. And then, you know, it took me back into my grief again. And um, my sister summed it up really nicely that there's this hole in our lives that just can't be filled by anything else anymore. When you lose a parent like that, a mother who's close and calls you all the time or is your best friend or is your go-to person. So yes, it is really hard. And even though it's been a year and nine months, you know, that grief still lingers. And I like to say, you know, it's kind of like a friend I'm holding hands with, and I don't know when it's going to pop up or the days that I feel okay. It's just there. And it's something that I'm learning to live with. That's all you can do. And I I talk about this often, but grief is something that's got to run its course. Like we actually go through a chemical change. And I, this is a poor comparison, but if you think of a poor person, that's addicted to some substance and it's taken away, um, you know, you can't just talk yourself out of it. The body has to readjust and grief is the same way. And certainly there are things we can do to feel better. And, and, but the most important thing is to be gentle on yourself. And I know when my dad passed, which was the catalyst for me to be here talking to you now, Liz, it honestly took about four years, even though I believed in the afterlife and everything it wasn't heavy grief the whole time, but you know, it, it was the peaks and valleys. And then one day, all of a sudden it felt like the cloud lifted and that I was back and it doesn't take much, you know, sometimes it's just a commercial or you hear of something and then it like can reignite it again. And it's like, aha, but I, I tell everybody, you know, the degree to which you experience grief just shows how much you love and how, powerful that is. And I think one of the reasons that we're here on planet Earth really is to exercise that love muscle. So grief is kind of that barometer that you have gotten 100% A plus on love, my friend. Oh, 100% Sandra, I love the way that you said that. And I really believe that too. I've really been shown like to the extent that I was able to love and be open, open hearted with my mother, that's the extent of grief that I'm able to feel and work with. And, um, and it's hard because not only physically, like you said, Sandra, it's also energetically, like when we have a pet and we lose our pet in the house, you know, just a little example, I lost a pet a month before my mother passed. And it's that loss of energy. When our child goes off to college, it's that loss of energy, that energy presence in the house, they fill up the house with their energy. And when that's gone, it's gone. And, you know, the same with that physical presence of our loved ones, like your father and my mother, when that's not there anymore, you know, then we have to learn to fill that void with ourselves, you know, that's and right. with that love that we have in our heart for our loved ones. We give that back to ourselves and nurture yeah. ourselves with that. Good words. So mom wasn't quite a believer. She's a believer now. Tell us some stories about how she f- first started coming through, because I know you work with her and she talks to you in a unique way. You've done some journaling, some writing. Yes. 
Yeah, she very much was part of my writing process. And thank you for circling back around to that, Sandra, because I don't really feel like I answered that question around mom opening up at all. And she really did towards the end of life as she watched me do my energy work and polarity therapy and, you know, my psychic skills coming online. She started getting really curious about what I was posting on Instagram and Facebook and curious when I would talk to her about spiritual gifts. And my mom was an indigo. She had a lot of indigo in her aura and indigo in your aura means that you're intuitive. And she was a really intuitive person. She had just never allowed herself to open up in that way until the end of life. So I think it's really exciting to be able to share that with her still, you know, well, in the past when I was communicating with her and watching her open up to the possibilities and not be such a naysayer or brushing it, <laughs> brushing it aside, but opening up to it and then being able to communicate with her now, you know, in the afterlife. And she shows up in many ways. Like I was saying before in the dream visitation, she's just been sitting on a chair in my dream or she's given me a message like she did a couple of nights ago. Um and she shows up when electronics every now and then, you know, I'll have my printer will cycle in the middle of the afternoon when I've just had a thought about her or had a thought about my kids or at three in the morning. The last place I lived at, I had a water container sitting in the corner. And when we would walk by, the bubbles would go up, of course. But in the middle of the night, when there's nobody walking <laughs> and there's no car driving by the house, um, the little bubbles come up, you know, around three o'clock in the morning, you know, the witching hour. Um, I also receive butterflies. I call them nature visits, you know, butterflies and dragonflies. And she loves to send me hummingbirds you know, all the time, which is really nice and sweet. And there's smells and knocks. And I talk about in my book, how I woke up one morning to a knock at the door, but the dogs weren't barking or I'm waking up and I hear my name and it's my formal name, which no one calls me anymore. So hearing that is right. Yep. Only mom. Even my dad doesn't call me, you know, Lisbeth, he calls me Liz. So hearing Lisbeth as I'm waking up, I know it's her communicating with me. When she shows up in dreams, Liz, just this is just a question that people may have, you know, how do you know it's your mom and not just your imagination? That is a really good question. Is it clearer than other dreams? Does it, or do you wake up feeling the love? Because one thing I tell people, because our brains can be a mess. If there's a feeling of love, if it feels real, that's them. If it's crazy things and negativity. That's, I think, our subconscious trying to work out things in the dream state. So I'm just wondering for you, you know, do you wake up with a like, oh, I was just with mom and, you know, she's maybe sitting in the corner of your room or whatever. Do you mean you just have that feeling of that knowing maybe that's the, the uh, way to express it? Yes. And I love them. And it's really true. We can have those dreams where we're processing, right? And of course, after we lose a loved one, it is an opening to healing. I think our brain releases and lets go some subconscious memory or emotion around our life with these people. So we're able to begin processing, not even, not just in our waking hours, but also our dreaming hours too. So we do have those times where we're working out our emotions and our dreams. Of course, we're processing in our sleep always, but there are those moments where mom is sitting there. And I look over and I'm like, oh, mom's in my dream. And it's like it for me, it's going from being just a regular dream to like a lucid dream where I'm noticing things that normally wouldn't be in my dream. Or the other night, the dream I was, you know, sharing, she was very vivid. She was beautiful. 
And the dream segued from being, you know, something around family and closing the door and having the door be glass and then seeing her appear on the other side of the glass and opening the door and, you know, welcoming her into my house. She was beautiful and glowing and we're sitting at the table and just had the opportunity, you know, even in the dream um, when I was sitting at the table at first, I was on my phone. And in my dream, I say, Liz, your mom is sitting next to you. Get off your phone. You know, I told myself in the dream. So I sit down on the phone and I look at mom and I just go, hi, mom. I miss you so much. You know, and she was able to, you know, communicate back to me. I can't remember her exact same words, you know, right now, but just to be able to look at her and see her glowing and how beautiful she was and the acknowledgement. It's like, okay, this person has stepped into your dream you know, lucidly, like stop what you're doing in dream state and communicate because you have the ability to communicate. So it's feeling that love, feeling that it was so real, feeling that presence and then having the emotion, you know, when I wake up and just knowing that that's a dream visitation because of that really strong love, that ability to say to her, you know, what I've been saying in waking life. And of course, when we speak out to our loved ones, you know, when we're awake, they can hear us, you know, but to be able to tell her face to face in my dream was different. It was very vivid and I could feel the love and she was glowing. So I think that's what sets it apart. In your book, you've got a lot of words from mom. Do you talk to her and write out what you feel like she's saying? I do. And it dreams is another way that she communicates um, with that during that, you know, between sleep and awake state, mm-hmm. that hypnagogic state, as I like to call it, that state of theta state, um, we're able to hear, you know, spirit from the other side. Like I said, I when I was waking up, I heard Lisbeth one day. And a lot of times, um, right after mom passed away, I woke up with song lyrics. My mom used music as a way to communicate with me. And it wouldn't be the whole song or the music behind the song, just one phrase or one sentence or one word from that song. And I did, I would wake up and write in my journal what the words were, what the songs were, what they possibly meant. And I talk about that in my book as well. You're waking up with, you know, one of the lyrics was, I'm your biggest fan. And not only with that song, about a year later after hearing that one, I woke up with another song, but the song also had the same lyrics. I am your biggest fan from another artist. So she does use that time where I can sort of tap in in between in that in between state to send me those little messages. And of course, we always have like our phone comes on in our purse and starts playing a song or it's the perfect song when we turn on the radio. And I've had that happen too. you know, driving to my sister's house and have a song come on. And it's just the perfect words for what's going to be happening. Don't you love when that happens? Yes, I really do. It's magic. Yeah. So you keep a journal. So I'm just trying to pull things that anyone listening or viewing can do, because we all want to know that our loved one has gone on. And yeah, it's nice to go to a medium from time to time. But I think our loved ones are closer to us and they will be to some medium. So to pay attention to those subtle signs, what what would you recommend to people that are going through grieving right now? And gosh, they really want to know that their loved ones around and are there ways that we can talk to them and know that they're around 
or ask them for signs. Yes. And you said it right there, Sandra. It's ask for a sign. You know, sometimes when we're sensitive or intuitive and we're aware of our abilities, those things can come naturally to us. Like we see the butterfly and we just thought about our mom or our dad or our sister or brother, and we know that that connects. But if we don't know, it's opening up that awareness, getting curious, getting curious about the possibilities. Oh, I saw that butterfly and I was thinking about mom. I wonder if that's mom sending me the butterfly. Allow yourself to get curious and open up to the possibilities, right? And then get quiet if you're not receiving those signs. Maybe you're receiving those signs, but you're not setting an intention to be aware of the possibilities of receiving a sign. So then get quiet and start noticing. Notice during the day what song is playing on the radio or what nature sign are you receiving? My sister in London, she receives um, heart-shaped um leaves or, you know, water will drop on the counter will be in the shape of a heart or something like that. Um, my older sister planted my mom's rose bush and on her birthday, she went outside and there was a single rose blooming on my mom's birthday on June 3rd. So it's those little things being open. And if we don't feel like we're receiving those signs, ask mom, send me a sign. Let me know that you're around. And it's just that simple ask that setting that intention to receive that can open us up to the possibilities. Agreed. And I think something else that you kind of alluded to was paying attention, being aware, being in the present moment. I'm a human just like everybody here listening and watching. And it's so easy to spend time checking out my phone. Is there a text? Is there an email? You know, thinking about things to do. I have always, as does everybody, a to-do list that never gets completed. So there's always on my mind, what's next? What do I need to be doing? Or the mind goes back into the past and something I should have done differently. Living like that, our loved ones, I think, are knocking on the door and giving us signs. But if we're too busy in our head, we'll never notice, right? Yeah, that happens. We do get busy. Well, think about it. Our kids are sitting in front of the TV. They're not being curious. They're being sucked in and their brain is being taken away. That's one of the ways that I actually use to turn off my intuitive ability, my psychic abilities to give my brain a rest, to give myself a rest because it's a mental distraction and it turns off my psychic abilities. So if we're watching TV, if we're on our phone, if we're busy with work, if we're busy, busy, busy with the kids, then we're not going to notice anything, just like you were saying, Sandra. So it's you know, kind of unplugging, allowing us to get quiet. I recommend meditation to all of my clients or all of my students who want to open up their intuitive abilities or their psychic abilities. You've got to get quiet and start to listen. We have to detach from our phone and the TV and all these other things that are distracting us so we can pay attention to the signs and symbols that are coming to us, not only from our loved ones, but also our psychic abilities too, come in that way. And our loved ones use our psychic abilities, our clear sight or clear hearing or clear knowing to communicate with us, right? It's through those subtle energy systems that we receive those signs and symbols from our loved ones. Mm -hmm. How important is that having or using our imagination, do you think? Oh, so important. I like to say our imagination is our gateway to reality. 
You know, our parents told us, oh, no, that's just your imagination. But in all reality, <laughs> that is our intuitive ability. Those little mini movies and pictures that we get in our minds or those feelings that we get in our stomach or words we might hear, you know, little urges of guidance. That's intuition. That's our intuition. That is source, spirit, God, our loved ones, our guides, our angels trying to communicate with us. That's it. Absolutely. And our loved ones use it. And so often we just say, oh, it was our imagination. Oh, I just felt my dad standing here. Oh, it was my imagination. That's how we communicate over there. That's how they communicate with us. And I don't know what it is about the ego of us human beings that we think very often we're the be all and the end all in the universe. You know, at one point, this whole planet was just rock and earth and plants and water. And now you and I are connected 3000 miles away, wirelessly, we can see each other, hear each other. And why would we think that our minds can't connect wirelessly when we can create a device like our phones? Nobody knows really how our phones work, right? We just trust that they do. I mean, I know somebody knows, but we just trust that we do. We don't know where the internet is or the cloud or anything, but it works. So I'm really believing that in our lifetime, we're going to have a major shift that people will understand this greater reality and understand how our loved ones communicate and understand just how powerful we are. We are souls having a human experience, wouldn't you say? Yes, very much so. Well said. Well said. And right. I mean, I look at my phone. I'm like, how does this work? How am I communicating? And then, like you said, that transfers over into the spirit realm. Like they can communicate with us because telepathy exists. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but you know, when I'm with my kids and all of a sudden I want pizza, this is my, you know, favorite joke. And then my kid walks up and goes, can we have pizza tonight? You know, it's just that simple. And that's how spirit communicates with us. It impresses upon us a picture or a word or a feeling. And that's how we receive the messages. When my mom and I just last night, uh, same thing, I was thinking, oh, we got mushroom raviolis in the refrigerator to cook, you know, and she's out of the blue. She says, you know, I'm just thinking about mushrooms. Do we need to buy mushrooms? Don't we have that mushroom ravioli? And, you know, an hour had passed. We were talking about other things and, I, when I told her, she said, we, we did it again, Sandra. I'm like, mm, there is something to this. I'd love to know more also about your podcast, Raise the Vibe with Liz, because you interview people, you say your mission is to heal the world one guest at a time. You know, I never look at life exactly that way, but even talking to you right now, your words matter they make a difference. Something I say may not resonate with somebody, but something you say might. And so we want to just impact as many lives as we can. So tell us about the podcast, what kind of people you interview, what your well, favorite stories you. are. Thank you so much. I love interviewing mediums and psychics and inspirational coaches. Gosh, I have been following the personal develop industry since my early twenties and just adore it. And um, I thought one day I'm like, what if I was able to do that? So I started my local radio show so I could start interviewing all the beautiful people that we have on island that are healers and psychics. 
And then when lockdown happened, I started Raise the Vibe with Liz. And I had gotten that idea one day in the bathtub, which was really fun. It's like, okay, I can take this to a broader audience. And I love bringing healers to people. It's like, we're this web or like a tapestry, as I like to say. And we're all weaving together and bumping into each other and saying just the right thing to somebody. And being able to get everybody's voices out it's sharing their message. It's sharing their healing with the world. It's sharing their voice with the world. And I love doing that. Not only did I love listening for years upon years online with all of the videos, you know, that people were posting and the free content about everybody's books or teachings or classes that they had coming up, all their little teasers. Um, But it's just great to have these conversations about how we're evolving consciously. I love consciousness. I love psychic abilities. I love mediumship and being able to communicate. Um, I love hearing stories about how people come to their abilities or come to their work. There's always a story behind how they made it to what they do today. And that is just a joy for me. I love hearing people's stories. And I love all of the people that I've interviewed. I've interviewed Raymond Moody who talks about shared death. He's actually the one that coined the term and near death experiences. Um, Mark Anthony is another favorite. You know, he's a medium that travels around and does readings for people in classes. So many people over the last four years, it's really hard to name, name them all. Ainsley McLeod, who's a friend of mine, a past life psychic, who's written three books and been a part of my journey. And that's another thing. It's like, I love having the people on who I've learned from. And then, you know, getting their voice out into the world, like, this is what I learned. This is what I appreciated from them here. You know, listen to this. Maybe you can learn from this as well. And it's definitely a passion project of mine. Of course, of course. You're like myself. And then when we think of the people that we interview, usually it's just one man or one woman doing the best they can to share their message working very hard. And then here comes us like, let's just share great people with the world, you know, so that's our fine. Like, that's my form of mediumship. I mean, I've taken plenty of medium courses. I'm not a practicing medium. But this, this is who I am. This is my passion. And I can get to so many more people than just talking to one person, you know, why not talk to 20,000, right? Yes. Do you have any favorite? Yes. Do you have any favorite stories from maybe something your guest has shared about why to believe in the afterlife or something interesting that's happened or an interesting near death experience? Or I don't know, I feel like we need a little story time with Liz. (laughs) Raymond Moody actually shared a great story. He was talking about how we can be in the process of our loved one as they're passing. That shared death experience is um, that participation in a person's death, either before, during, or after, right? And he told a great story about a woman whose husband was passing. And she actually went into an altered state of consciousness and walked her husband into the light and like passed him off to another loved one and said goodbye. It was the most beautiful story that I've ever heard. And it's like, or another story that he shares where there's a mother in the States and her child 
is in another country and remotely sensing that something is happening, which shows that connection that we have with our loved ones on the other side. Beautiful stories. I know I've talked to William Peters a couple of times, who's got the website Shared Crossings and has written about it and worked with Dr. Moody as well. And to train yourself as to slowing down so you can be present with somebody when they pass and the stories of what people experience, they're incredible. And I know it's tough. I was with my dad when he passed. And um, even though I believed it was, you know, very hard to be present because he was suffering. So it's learning and training yourself and just being present. And I think the, the magic is just feeling that love, you know, in the present moment and being open that what it comes may not be your imagination. It'd be, that's, that's them yeah, crossing. Yeah. And that's a precious time when we're sitting with our loved ones, if we have that gift you know, in the end. And one of the things that I share in my book is when I was sitting there and I'm giving my mom some Reiki, fully aware that, you know, it could give her the energy to pass on instead of give her the energy to heal. And as I'm sitting there with my hands on my mother's feet, I hear from the other side, my grandmother and my great mother, great grandmother say, we've got her. You know, I'm like, Oh, that's beautiful. You know, but then my human kicks in, my human mind kicks in and go, can you tell me a little bit like, do you got her? Like you're going to help her heal or you got her. You have her on the other side, right? It's always, you know, that wish that we want to spend a little bit more time with our loved ones, but, you know, reflecting back on that, we've got her also gives me a sense of peace that somebody was there for her that loved her and helped her cross over to the other side. Yeah. And they do. There's so much research with um, end of life visions and like the work of hospice doctor, Christopher Kerr, who studied over 1700 people and these dreams, and they can happen just before someone passes or weeks before they people talk about getting ready because they're going on a trip and their loved one is there. And to know that each one of us has people that help us across, I, I think it's, fantastic. Uh, And there's nothing to fear. Certainly nobody wants to suffer. No, we don't. But just the fact that nobody passes alone. And the the thing is, is, you know, I think even now talking about this, you know, death is kind of a taboo thing. And I'm not ready to go. Don't get me wrong. You know, I don't, uh, you know, I'm talking about this all the time, but I'm just, I don't want to go to bed tonight. And that's it. I don't. I'm not afraid of it, but I'm not ready to go either. But I think to understand that, yes, our loved ones, some might be older, some might be sick, but geez, Louise, we're all terminal. Really? Like we all have to embrace who we are and know that um, one of the best things I heard is our life is but a thread in the fabric of our soul. So this current life, just a thread in the fabric of our soul, we are so much bigger. And this little life way, it seems like everything is just a teeny tiny part. Would you agree? I would agree. I love that. I read something recently um, by a medium. uh, What is her name? Elaine Kuzmeskas. And she says that the last thing that we need to learn is that death is an illusion. And I loved that because 
mom passing or the other loved ones that I lost in the path. It's just their energy transmuting into something else. It's going on to be something else. And being an energy worker, I know that time is an illusion, that I can do healing not only in the present, but in the past and in the future. So knowing that, you know, that we are, we are these energetic beings and our energy doesn't stop. It keeps on going. I was doing a reading just the other day for a woman and she had lost her son. It's a very tragic accident, but I saw him at the accident scene with an angel standing next to him, just allowing him to take that time to disconnect the cord that was still attached to his physical body to realize what was happening and it was so loving, this angel, and so patient, and just standing in support of him going through his transition to the other side after this accident, and to help him cross over to the other side. We are not alone. We have our loved ones on the other side. We have angels there to help us on the other side if we need. There are spirits around us all the time. And it's just having that awareness, like, death is not the end. This physical part, yes. We're impermanent, but our energetic part, it keeps going and our life continues in a different way on the other side. And if we choose to, we can have a new relationship with our loved ones when they cross over an energetic relationship, a spiritual relationship with our loved ones. And in a distant future, we get to give them a big hug again, then they're going to welcome us home. Yes, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Liz, tell us about your website, what people can find. I think you had a little opt-in that you give a gift, if I'm not mistaken, if people sign up for your email list. I think you do yes, anyways. If you sign up for my newsletter, you receive my um, resiliency workshop that I host every now and then. Um, so you can find me on raisethevibewithliz.com and it has my um, podcast and it has all of my media appearances and my courses are also there. If you're interested in living an intuitive life, I have a course around that. Um, and upcoming events. If you sign up for my newsletter, you'll find out what's going on with me and any upcoming events I have going on and um, a direct link to my book, Mom Died Last Night, My Shared Death Experience is also on my website, raisethevibewithliz.com. And can be found on Amazon and wherever you get books. Yeah. Liz, what should I've asked you that I haven't? What's still burning that, oh my gosh, I didn't mention this. Is there something else you would like to share? Sandra, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I just want to say, if you've lost a loved one, I am so sorry you know, for your loss, it is so hard, but know that life continues on. And that if you want to reach out to your loved ones, if you haven't had that experience that just ask and get curious, pay attention for a little sign. And maybe the next time you see a butterfly, if you think of your loved one, know it that it's them. Beautiful words. We are Beautiful not words. alone. We are not alone. Never. And love never dies. Your mom's right there by your side. And no doubt helping you every step of the way. Liz, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate your time. We love it. And for our listener or our viewer, again, 
Liz's book is Mom Died Last Night, My Shared Death Experience. And you can find her website, raisethevibewithliz.com. And that's also the name of her podcast. So I know right now we have people that like listening to podcasts. And I think it's you because you're listening or watching right now. Take a look, take a look at who our guests are and some of the topics. I know for myself, I concentrate on stories about the afterlife, but I do know there's people interested in other spiritual topics that I may not talk about. So go check out her podcast. Well, I want to remind everyone that my home base is we don't die.com. Very easy to remember. Come join us for something coming up, especially that free Sunday gathering, 11am Pacific, 2pm Eastern, 7pm UK time. They're on zoom, all the recordings are available as well. They're inspirational, they're powerful They'll put a smile on your face for the week. And there's a medium demonstration included in each and every one. And they're free. So what's better than that? Nothing. <laughs> so again, a thank you to Liz. And in closing, Oh, I'm Sandra Champlain, and I'm always so happy to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. In the words of Liz, word, ask, your loved ones are around. We just need to slow down. We need to be present. Pay attention. Keep a journal. Look for those little little signs. That's them. Someday we'll find out how difficult it is to communicate from that side. But until now, just know that you're a magnificent being having a human experience and you are so much more powerful than you know. So I really want to thank you for listening or for watching and we'll see you again soon.